Discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Philip Myass. No, I'm not. I'm Francis Hall, a.k.a. Faceboy, and I have Goddess Lilith in the studio, and Lucille's going to be calling in. I'm just seeing if I have everything working right here. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, let me text Lucille to call in. Or I'll just call. I'll just call. That'll be fun. Hey, hey we're ready for you to call in. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Goddess Lilith. Hello. How are you? Hi. Thank you so much again for having me on. Oh, uh, it's my pleasure. We are live streaming on, or you are live streaming on Instagram, right? I am, yes. I am live streaming on my IG account. Uh, Submit to Goddess Lilith. Submit to Goddess Lilith. Yes. Hello. Hi. All right, we're all here. Everything's working. I like that. <laughs> so we just mentioned that uh, that this is being live streamed on Instagram at submit to goddess Lilith, and uh, for those who are on the live stream, if you don't hear Lucille, you also have to be on radiofreebrooklyn.org, and then you'll be able to hear Lucille. Last week we aired a repeat. Because we had a fight. <laughs> I was pissed off. I didn't want to come to the studio, and I and 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 you and and Lucille slept. You didn't even. So if I had come, I would have been here alone anyway. I'm sorry to hear that, guys. I hope everything's okay now. We always work our shit out like the next day or sometimes the same <laughs> night. But the funniest part was. And it wasn't funny to me at the time. Right before she left my place, she grabbed a half a, half a bottle of whiskey, nice Japanese whiskey that I had that I had purchased. She's like, "I'm taking the whiskey." <laughs> Nate is asking who won. <laughs> who won the fight? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, always, Lucille. <laughs> I can't win a fight with the. With her, even when I'm right, I can't win. Your whiskey's on the floor because I kept oh. trying to put it here, right where it says "Don't place drinks here." Got it. So Thank you. That's where 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 it was. So uh, let's get into it. Um, I'm going to start with some of the notes that you sent me. Uh, you wanted to talk about Playboy and horophobia. Correct. Yeah. Do you um, want to just open it up there, or you want to get to some of the more? Uh, Oh, yeah, no, of course. So, so like, as um, Playboy has been in the media a lot recently, um, Crystal Hefner's autobiography is coming out on the 25th this month. And also the Crystal secrets... Crystal Hefner is um, was, was, yeah, um, Hugh Hefner's late wife. Oh, um, okay. I mean, yeah, she's still alive. <laughs> Missed out that for a second. Um, but, yeah, she was his wife um, for 10 years, like, before he died. And her story is coming out on the 25th. 
And also The Secrets of Playboy aired this summer. Okay. I did not see it. Can you fill me in a bit? <laughs> so what I really found fascinating about it, I actually discovered this when I was recovering from the flu. Um, I had a really bad case of the flu. I was going through a breakup. And it was just like, you know, I discovered this series on Hulu. And I was just instantly drawn into it because I don't know if anyone, you know, watching can relate. But the girls next door, when I was growing up, it was all over TV. It's all over E. And it was kind of very, like, viewed as, like, a very, almost like a family-friendly show, you know? And it was, like, I remember being, like, 10 years old when I was watching this. And, you know, and then, like, just watching The Secrets, basically, it wasn't even just the girlfriends, but a lot of women who came to the Playboy Mansion, thinking they were there for modeling or other opportunities, um, got raped, got assaulted, were drugged, were sodomized. Really, really horrible things happened. Um, There were a lot of Playboy bunnies who were murdered. Whoa. Um, Stephanie Adams like, jumped with her child, and the deeper you go, the more sinister it gets. There were also shadow mansions, where, mini mansions, where these women were sent, thinking they were there to model, or for other opportunities, but they were actually just there to get assaulted and drugged. And it, it this, the deeper it goes, is it gets so dark. And for me, I was like, wow, this is something you kind of grew up with, like, you know, thinking, oh, girls next door, but it's, it's much, much darker than that. Did you know about any of this, Lucille? Um, yeah, I um, had not heard, actually. I had heard that like, the wives were complaining. Like, it's like, that, um, like some of the girls next door had been complaining, and I was kind of shocked by that because I, I also grew up watching it and thought it was more like, wholesome than that. I did not know that, like, about the rapes, actually. Yeah, I didn't know about it either. And we have on this show been defensive of Hugh Hefner in the past. Perhaps we should not have been. Uh, and and we were under the impression that you know these women had gone into this knowing what you know knowing what they were getting into, and then were were airing a bunch of grievances to make a quick buck off their story. But that is not the case, huh? Yeah, and that's sort of why this topic interested me so much. Is even I have even have friends, former model friends who were insulted themselves, who, when I first told them about it, their first reaction was like, oh, didn't they know what they were getting themselves into? But, you know, like, if you think about it, a lot of these women, even like Anna Nicole Smith, she was in guest ads, you know, she wasn't safe from it. These women, it wasn't just the girlfriends. It was women who were going to the Playboy Mansion and thinking they were there to do glamour modeling. You know, like, yeah, it might be nude, might be topless, full nude, but they did not think they were going to be, you know, drugged and assaulted at these mansions. So... I feel like a lot of the backlash that the show has been getting is, you know, for me as a survivor, I'm just kind of like, wow, like the ingrained mentality that we had of Playboy being so mainstream, right? And this being something where it's like, oh, we think the women are empowered or, you know, it's just so kind of ingrained in people's minds that I feel like when the survivors speak out, you get this backlash, um, which is also what really made me want to discuss this tonight. Okay. Well, we're we're open to we we we're open to everything here. And what were some of the things on this that you wanted to discuss? So, and yeah, also again, anyone listening to the live stream, please go to radiofreebrooklyn.com. Again, that's radiofreebrooklyn.com to hear Lucille as well. Um, and for me, I guess I I just really want to discuss like you your guys' thoughts on that. So like you said that you defended Hafner before on the show. Like, um, what was that angle? How did you defend him? And maybe how do you feel about that now with some of the new allegations coming to light? Well, I feel like maybe we should not have. I feel like we should not have. 
Uh, but we were, at the time, well, like I said, we, we were viewing it as people who were willingly in a relationship with him. They were uh, living good lives and that they were, now that they didn't have what Hugh Hefter and his organization could provide for them, that they were trying to cash in by, by shitting on his name. But that seems to not be the case. And yeah, it seems to not be the case. Yeah, yeah. We, we did not recognize that anybody had been spoke to about, about the rape or anything like that. Um, I guess they just, we just have not got the full story. And where is this where is this information coming from? Um yeah, so I first discovered the extent of this on a Hulu um documentary series called The Secrets of Playboy. So anyone like who has a Hulu account, um if you look up Secrets of Playboy, um I I first got kind of as they say down the rabbit hole is I was reading Holly Madison's um autobiography uh called Down the Rabbit Hole and after I read her autobiography, I sort of just like went into one of those, like, you know, you guys and you guys into like have like a new fixation, like this internet thing and you just research and research. So yeah. that's kind of what I did. I discovered um, Playground by Jennifer Sagnar, who was like a child um, when she actually was grew up in the mansion because her father was a personal physician to Hugh Hefner. And she ended up like spending her childhood there. She had an affair with one of his girlfriends, you know, but she was exposed to a lot of this stuff at a very young age. And after reading her memoir, I then discovered The Secrets of Playboy, and it really just, like, decades of abuse. Decade, like, how far this gone? Even to the early 2000s, you know, with the Shannon twins and mm-hmm. what they went through, which was absolutely, like, awful, you know? Don't know anything about any of this. <laughs> this is all new to me right now. Yeah, this is all new to me, too. I did not know any of that either. I, I can't believe the child grew up there. That's, I mean, obviously, like, his children is one thing, but, like, you know, like actual, like children that are not painting on, that seems very shocking to me. No, it doesn't seem like an environment for children. Were they kept separate from any of this? I mean, pretty much not. Like, um, if you read, like, Playground, the opening of it starts with, I was six when I saw sex for the first time. Wow. And um, she was kind of just, like, in wow. his, you know, crazy, like, in the grotto, like, swimming. And she discovered, like, a cave. I think it was, like, John Belushi was there, like, you know, screwing a playmate. And, yeah, so, I mean, just from a young age, she was just kind of, like, instantly exposed from it. Um, the father was in the custody battle with the mother at the time, and it was almost like this thing where he really wanted power. He wanted to show that, like, he won by kind of taking her. And it really, it's really actually, I mean, it's, it's a great memoir. It's very sad because, as the subtitle says, it's a childhood lost in the playground mm-hmm. mansion. Um, wow. Yeah, that's a very, very sad memoir. And also, like, it's just, and for me, like, just even, it was just so shocking, I think, because of how mainstream Playboy was. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was in London, um, there was, like, still a Playboy club there. They had, like, the Playboy temporary tattoos. It was everywhere. I mean, it was very, like, you know, it was still considered, like, this high class, like, glamorous thing. It was just so, I think, like, engraved into the psych of, you know, society. And... I just, I, I have, I had no idea about any of this too until very recently. Mm-hmm. And then just even like Carissa, um, the Shannon twins, they were before Crystal Hefner, before his final wife, before he died, they were the last two girls in the mansion. And hearing what they went through, um, one of them actually had a secret abortion. She got pregnant by Hugh Hefner and she was afraid to say anything to the team because she thought he would use it as a method of control. So she basically had to go through that completely on her own. And um, at the time, 
a lot of people are saying, like, don't they know what they sign up for being a girlfriend at the mansion? These twins were 19 years old. They were, think about yeah. it, like 19 years old. And they really just thought, like, oh, we're here to be on a reality TV show, you know, because it was just so normalized. And they had no idea that Holly, Bridget, and Kendra, the three main girlfriends, would be exiting at that point. And, mm-hmm. like, they would become the new. They really just thought, like, oh, we're just going to go on this e-show. A lot of women, I think, like, yeah, you know, some of the girlfriends, of course, they had to know about to an extent, but they didn't they didn't know the full details of it. And I think especially like these really young women just going in, they, of course, they thought it was like an act. You know, he's like a 90 year old man, 80, 89 year old man at that point. And they're like, oh, they, they didn't think at 19 that he was still going to be like sexually doing that. And the fact like that they got both of them got assaulted at that age. And then one of them had to go through a secret abortion without her twin sister's support because she was terrified of anyone finding out. She was like, okay, if they find out, he's going to make me keep it. Having to go through that by yourself. And it's just, it's devastating. And I just, I feel like, you know, with the recent backlash of people thinking, don't you know what you're getting into? You, no, they really didn't. They're ni- 19 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. when you were 19, um, you guys, like, what, what, what would you kind of think? Well... I'm going to let uh, Lucille answer that. I think a, a woman's um, perspective is more important right now. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I feel terrible. Like, I, you know, I feel terrible for her experience as it were. Um, you know, um, I think it is inappropriate with a 9-year-old and 19-year-old. Yeah, it is. I think, um, you know, we all probably got a little bit bamboozled at 19 years old but at times, um, but um, not by not, like, not by 90 year old, you know, <laughs> most of us don't have that experience. Yeah, and you know, as someone who is a survivor myself, you know, who was abused, you know, like at 18, at a really young age by an older producer, I just, I really, I guess I just really like felt for them because I know what it's like, you know? And a lot of them did yeah. not know. You know, a lot of them were like, really believe, like, we're going there for modeling. We're going there for an opportunity, right? I don't think they're going there to get raped. Like, no one really who gets raped thinks that they're about mm-hmm. to get, like, you don't think that's going to happen until it does. You know, and it's just, I guess I just felt like it's so important to talk about because of even people who have been just saying, didn't they know? And it's like, no. <laughs> you know, when it, when it happened to me, I was at, I was at Elm Street Film Studios in London. And it was like, you know, famous, famous movie studio happened at the studio when they were filming Sherlock Holmes 2. It's not like it, I wasn't lured to a hotel room or anything. It's just like these men, they get away with it because they're in positions of power. And the women are too afraid to Absolutely. speak out. Did you feel like you couldn't report it? Absolutely. Yeah, I felt like no one would believe me. This was, you know, years before the Me Too movement. And I thought, I'm not famous. Like, I'm not a famous actress. You know, famous actresses must not get assaulted, right? That's what, that's what, I, that's what I kind of thought then. It's just, obviously, this is way before Me Too. And it took until the Me Too movement and realizing that, like, wasn't the case for me to finally come out with my story. But at the time, I was like, well, I'm not famous. Like, who's going to believe me, you know? And, uh, and then you feel ashamed, too. You feel dirty. Like, you know, you don't, like, it, it's so hard to come forward for so many reasons. And, you know, and then it's just so sad, like, hearing the backlash because it's the reason why so many women are, like, shamed into silence for so many years. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I had been raped by somebody in the Bless community at one point, um, and um, he had more fame than me, and he actually was able to like um, convince people that I was a stalker. We can call him out. Scary Ben. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was able to convince people of soccer. Um, and so I was not able to come forward first, yeah. And, how, and, and a lot of women eventually did come forward about this same person. He, he, he lost all standing in the burlesque community, moved out of the state, and I don't know what he's yeah, up to Yeah, but his girlfriend who protected him did not lose any standing. So, you know. What's that? His, his girlfriend who protected him did not lose any standing. I mean, uh, uh, hopefully she was not a victim too, uh, you know, uh, but she lost no standing for protecting him. So you said um his like his girlfriend did she no oh, sorry I couldn't hear did you say she lost standing or she did not lose standing for she, she did not yeah and she she had protected him for a long time you know so um and she was the reason that I my um reputation was ruined for a little while and that's really awful and Lucille I'm I'm so so sorry that you went through that and. I think that's also why I, I really did want to talk about this is even, you know, when this documentary came out, even when all these women were coming forward with their stories, there was still like an open letter signed by Cooper Hefner, Hugh Hefner's son, and still a bunch of, you know, Playboy employees, like Playmates saying like, oh, he was a great guy. You know, so, so that, that does happen, like, unfortunately, on so many levels. And then that's how they get away with it, you know, because there are people who are still too afraid to speak out or they're so gaslit and brainlit themselves that they need to kind of, like, believe the lie or they feel that they, for financial reasons, maybe they can't speak out. But um, I'm so sorry you went through that. And unfortunately, that's the case with a lot of women, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry that we defended him on, on the air before. We just did not have the full story. We had heard, like, a few minor accounts um, where there was nothing like rape involved. You know what I mean? Um, and so when people are just complaining that, like, about, like, lipstick shades, like, like, that's what I had heard. Like, I had heard, like, some of the stuff I had watched was girls literally complaining about, like, what lipstick shades he made them wear. And that, to me, just didn't seem like a big deal. As somebody who's a performer, you know, um, I've definitely been told what lipstick shade to wear and not, not really been concerned about that. Um, like, but, um, so I had not really gotten the full story. Yeah, the worst things that I heard was that it was that the place was often unclean, that the mattresses were nasty, uh, that that uh, you know you never knew what you were going to step into and touch, <laughs> what's going to be on the furniture, you know that that it was just kind of uh, not not the not as glamorous as it seemed to be. That there's still furnishings from the '70s and it was tacky and that that kind of stuff and that there was regret that they were that they had had sex with this much older man but this stuff that you're saying damn yeah. damn that's all new to me yeah and it, it goes back for decades you know and that that was the fascination for me is just how deep it goes and how long it was able to go on for you know there was um a playmate who shot herself you know under a huge mural saying you have to the devil and people are not talking about this. No. You know? And no, it's like, what, what, why, why are they not talking about it? Why are we not talking about, um, wh- like, why are we not talking about the people speaking out? Why are we not talking about um, Stephanie Adams, who jumped from a window with her son, wow. who was a former playmate? You know, what would cause her to do that? Um, and that's a new short fiction piece I'm working on, is actually, I was very inspired, just reading Stephanie Adams' story, I think. Just how little we know. You know, and this was a, not only was she a former playmate, like she worked for Google, she was a marketer, she, she was really, really smart, you know, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, if they say her name, like, have you, have you guys heard of Stephanie Adams before, right now? No. 
No. And that that's the thing. Like, you know, there there are these victims and they were powerful women. She published two books, she had her own clothing line. Um, and they're just it's just not being talked about. And I feel like it really should be. Well, I'm glad we are today. Thank you for bringing that to us. Is there more yeah, you want you. to uh, speak on this subject about? Um, I just mostly want to say, like, for anyone who might be listening who is a survivor or who might be afraid to come forward or afraid that their assaulter is famous or they're in a position of power where they feel they have leverage, just not, not to be afraid and just to know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing, just knowing you're not alone. You know, and just sending whoever might be listening a lot of love and a lot of strength and a lot of courage. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I would like to send that too. Yes. And in the future when we don't have, uh, when, when we only have one phone line here. So in the future, folks, if you want to call in and we don't have someone on the phone and talk about your experience, we are 100% open to that. It helps. Just getting it out there just fucking helps. You know, I'm really glad that I'm back in psychotherapy. I love my therapy. I don't love him, but <laughs> I, I, I love the work that we're doing. I like him a lot. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I'm with a, a queer man. Uh, I think he he's better understands some of the issues that I have and some of the stuff that I've gone through that is not dissimilar to the things we're talking about. That's wonderful. And... Thank you for being brave enough to share that. So. Well, yeah, I, I've also shared in the past uh, some other things that I don't need to get into now because I've already talked about it on the air. Um, but let's get to some of your other points. You wrote something about having to remove uh, photos because they implied full they service. They implied full service. Yeah, this was something else I really wanted to discuss. Basically, horophobia in um, the worker industry, in the S-worker industry, like... There's a lot of it. <laughs> and I just, I thought this was important to bring up, especially when it came, you know, to Playboy because of the backlash of people saying, these women are topless or they are in the mansion. They did, you know, they, they deserve to get assaulted. No one deserves to get assaulted. No, no one deserves for that to happen. Absolutely. And um, how that, you know, sort of ties into like the horophobia is I just, I just find it interesting. Like in my experience as a dominatrix, um, I personally, I don't do full service, but I have lots of friends who do, and I still identify as a worker myself. Um, Some doms do not. They say they're a dom, they're not a worker. I don't make that distinction. Um, I feel like we all are. I feel like the extent of what you do, if you're, you know, and I feel like, personally, I personally believe if you make that distinction, it's almost like you're saying the people who do full service aren't valid, and I Mm -hmm. strongly disagree with that. And, Absolutely. Um, and I do still think it falls under the umbrella of sex work, um, even if, like, you like, don't want, and I, I personally think, like, even burlesque falls under this category of sex work. Um, you know, I know a lot of people don't want that label on them, but I think it, it's pretty horrific not to want that label. Yeah, I think when, 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 you're, when you're doing something intended to sexually arouse, titillate, etc., there's one, not a damn thing wrong with it. And two, yeah, it's a form of sex work. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, even even strippers, like exotic dancers, you know, like I have I have friends who a really good friend actually, you know, who is a dancer and she identifies as a worker. You know, it's 
Yeah. So it's um, I definitely I definitely agree. Like it it just really bothers me when that happens. And you know, in regards to like the photo thing that happened, um, where I dom right now, I was on I'm on like I'm on a couple of sites. One of the websites of one of the dungeons I dom at. I had to remove certain photos because other doms there said they implied full service. <laughs> and some other doms had to remove certain verbiage. One of them had to remove, like, I don't know, they were, like, selling shit. And they were like, you can't, you can't do that. And when it came to the photos, like, I don't know. I, I still have them on my fat life. I still have them on my personal sites. I think they're beautiful. I think they're empowering. I would love to see them sometime. Thank you. Yeah. And then so then apparently um, there was then a new rule that was made where they're like, oh, you can't have anything, you know, showing like your vagina or your pussy. And one of the shots I had up was an art nude shot. So it was an open leg. It was nothing explicit. It was almost like kind of like a playboy, like a tasteful mm-hmm. art nude. And for me, that is artistic. I, I felt stuff. empowered in that photo. Um, I thought it was a beautiful photo. I, it was like, you know, I think I was in my early 20s and it was taken, but I did have to take it down from the website. And that still bothers me. <laughs> you know, it still does. Yeah. And I, you know, and I definitely kind of felt like I was being singled out. Um, I was like dragged across this Discord thread, you know, like my name was being tagged. I woke up, oh. I saw like all this crap with my name on it. And that really that bothered me. Of, you know, I, that would bother me too. Yeah. It's like harassment and I think people don't realize it's like sometimes um, sex workers, like even on these threads, like I've been harassed on a, a sex worker thread before too. It, it can be a terrible feeling. I mean, yeah, I just you know, you just, and you just feel so low. Like you feel like for me, I felt like a sense of shame. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt a deep sense of shame. Like, am I a whore? And it's like, but even if I was, you know, number one, like half the girls at that dungeon also do sugaring. <laughs> so the whole the also whole thing what? also do like sugaring. I don't know what that is. Um, so sugaring. Sugar oh, sugaring. yeah, I know what it is. Okay. Yeah, just for anyone listening who might not know, it's, you know, based like sugar daddies. Like, they pretty much do full service, but in the context of like sugaring, which is actually legal because it's this weird gray area where like sugaring is legal, dom work is legal, um, other stuff is not legal. It's like, it's, so, it's like, it's so, when you look into legalities, it's so interesting. But, you know, half the girls there also do sugar egg. And even so, like, my name was just dragged and, you know, just being like, oh, like, you know, her, like, her, blah, blah, blah. And then I just, and I just remember, like, being like, okay, like, just feeling so ashamed. And I shouldn't have had to feel that way, you know? No, and that's what censorship, that's one of the things censorship is intended to do. Like, you, 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 you can't do this because blah, blah, blah. And you should feel like shit for doing it in the first place. Exactly. And I have another friend, you know, and her, they were like, oh, we don't like the verbiage, like the wording she had on her, on her ad. And what what kind of words were they objecting to? I think it was something, I I think she put something like, you know, like worship my pussy, but she didn't mean that as like actually them doing it. It was just more like pussy power, kind Mm -hmm. of like, you know, like we reclaimed the word cunt, Mm -hmm. you know, like there are pussy music groups out there, you know, but just the fact she had like, even though she's a dom and she meant it in a contextual sense, they were like, oh, worship my pussy is bad and like it, it's full service. And she had to remove that. Um, someone else was like just selling, selling shit or whatever. But they, they do that as a service anyway, but they had to take that down. It was just like there was a lot of just censorship that ended up going on, I think, by some of these like older doms who maybe just felt like their image wasn't it wasn't in line with like their image. And, you know, I, you know, and but yeah, definitely. I, I, I personally I felt singled out because I was the only one tagged on that thread, even though there were other doms who had to remove stuff for some reason. Like I felt like I was like the scapegoat in that. 
and it sucked. It mm-hmm. really, really sucked. And um, I just, I just feel like no one should have to feel that way. If you're in, you know, the worker industry, you know, I feel like there should be a solidarity with that. You should feel, you should feel, especially like in that industry, like the reason I wanted to dom there was I wanted to be around other doms. I wanted to be around other workers. I didn't want to be isolated, you know, and then to kind of just feel like, okay, I'm, you know, you're being singled out and almost like this catty kind of mean girl styled way. It's like, you know, it's just, I I feel like that that shouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, workers should stand with each other and we should stand Mm -hmm. in solidarity. We shouldn't try to shame other workers. For their yeah, and unfortunately, like, like when workers are in position of power, they'll usually use that power against other girls. I've had it happen to me too. Like where this girl who ran a um, sort of like a she ran like sort of like a sex party type thing, but it was sort of like you could buy girls there. Um, and she um, she said that I was the one to get it shut down, which I was not. Um, but like she thought I was, and she she really dragged me. She dragged me for a very long time. She slandered my name and I can in the sexual community. Um, and it was very, like, it was a very fucked up situation. I'm so sorry. You said she did that. Why? Because you just, like, weren't on time? Or, like, what, what, what was her reasoning? Oh, um, she, she, she got, like, she, she wrote about um, pumps in the paper. Or wrote about, like, like male-dominated sex communities in the paper. And it was sort of, like, implied pumps because that's the only one she ever worked at. And she said I was the one to bring the article to him, as if, like, my boss couldn't read the newspaper himself. Like, as if he's too stupid to read a newspaper. And so she just assumed I was the one, she, and then dragged me, and continues to drag me to the face sometimes, I've heard. Like, still, still, still will, like, blame me for things on these worker, on these, like, um, Facebook groups they have, and just random. No, and it's, it's awful. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really sorry that you had to go through that, too. Um, I remember, like, after this whole thing happened, like, I did, you know, speak to the owner of the dungeon, and, you know, she did actually apologize to me, like, for my name being brought up, which I appreciate. Um, but there were other workers who came to me, and they were like, hey, we went through this, too. Like, you know, like, like we've been dragged yeah. through these threads. Like, our names have been, you know, done through the mud. And and I, I just feel like it's this, like, stupid, like, cattiness. Maybe it's, like, a jealousy from maybe people who in the industry for longer, and they're like, oh, these girls are getting the spotlight. And it's, it's, it's really dumb, you know, because at the end of the day, it's like there are enough clients for all of us. There, it's like there doesn't need to kind of like be this behavior. Um, no, it doesn't. And there shouldn't be. I got to do I, this. I, you know, I Go do ahead. wish there was more like solidarity in the worker community and less like fake solidarity, but. Exactly. That's, and that's kind of how I felt, you know, because I felt like, oh, like I'm joining this great community and I'm going to be on all these other fellow doms. I'm going to make all these friends. And I did actually make a couple of really great friends. So like this is not everyone, by the way. Also, I want to be clear on that. Like I made some, you know, a couple of really I met like some wonderful doms who like sit by me. Um, but there was it was like a group of maybe like five or six of them. And I just consider them like the mean girls. Like they were like the dominatrix plastics and all you know, in yeah. a way. And it was like, they, yeah, they did not like me. They still do not like me. Like, and I don't know why. I'm like, I didn't do anything to you, you know? Like, like what did I do to you, you know? But it, it's like, it's just I mean, kind of like uh, that behavior. And it's it's like, you know, haven't we grown out? Like, I guess we haven't grown out of this. And I, I wish, I wish that we have. <laughs> yeah. I got to do this. And uh, then let's uh, bitch a little bit about the MTA. You're listening to Art Star Seed Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. 
Our mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. Free expression. What we're talking about here. Free expression and public art. We, we rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. If you'd like to listen to RFB while you're not in front of your computer, please download our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Lastly, please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. So the reason why uh, Lucille had to call in is fucking MTA. Yeah, what happened there? I was I was so excited to see you, Lucille. Yeah. I was so excited to see you too. You really made an effort, and they really screwed you again. The Q train. Yeah, I tried to take two buses, but then the buses wouldn't come, and like the train is not running, and it was just a mess. No, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I was. Um, one of the reasons I was live streaming, I was actually inspired by you. Um, last time I was in the show, Lucia was like, "Oh, like I got dressed up," and I was like, "I got dressed <laughs> up." And it was like I was like, "I got dressed up like to see each other." So I was like, "Let me live stream and show our outfits." But um, yeah, yeah, MTA sucks. Like, sorry yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> why we <laughs> we openly uh, advise people look around closely, see if there are no cops. <laughs> Fucking jump the turn style. <laughs> I don't do it anymore. I, I, can't. I don't do it anymore. I, there's too many cops now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Got to got to lay off that for a little while, folks. But still from CVS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> CVS is a fucking criminal organization. They have done well, so many I mean, terrible things. So, so libertarians, we, we, we are very upset. Like. I um like I've heard a lot of libertarians complaining about like open theft and uh, but like the saying that like we shouldn't be doing it to companies because like that's like private you know it's theft but like like the thing is um like those these companies are not ethical. CVS is so unethical. I personally witnessed them use really shady tactics to oust uh 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 to oust a pharmacy and a pharmacist. That had been in my neighborhood for decades. And they really? Used, yes. And they used really shady tactics to get her out and and to sign some shit that she wouldn't operate as a pharmacist, you know, for such and such many years within a distance of such and such many miles. And it was terrible. And that's just one personal experience that I had. Them as a company have done horrible things. Steal from CVS. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And also for anyone um, new or just joining us, um, if you'd like to hear Lucille um, on the other end of this, please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Again, that is RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Lucille, tell us a little bit about uh, how things have been with you. For those who don't know, Lucille is calling in from a women's homeless shelter uh, for the mentally ill. I don't believe that has ever been done or at least spoken of openly on the radio before. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
things have been okay. I had to switch my room. Um, you know, things. So you know, things were. You know, some girl knew a lot, a lot about me. Stuff I don't even share on the air or on the internet. She knew like all my alter names, and she was like fucking with me. And I had to kind of make sure that she knew I wasn't scared of her. Um, and then they switched my room. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear about that. It's all right. There's a lot of people in these like places that like are actually mentally ill, I think, and then they're just kind of right in the system. And then, you know, um, you you know, and they're making fun of people with mental illness at a mentally ill facility. I'm wondering about the psychology of it. Like, why do you know? I mean, obviously, I'm sure guys go through their own version of this, but just as a woman, like, why do we feel the need to tear down other women? You know, like to harass them or to like go through. Anything from like physical to online threats. It's like, what what is the psychological need for that? Um, I was thinking about that. Yeah, I, I know it's, it's interesting. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. You know, like I um I went to my senior year of high school. I actually went to college in England, so I never like did the sorority thing because in England they don't really have sororities and fraternities. Um, but yeah, so I never really went through that, but I, I have some friends like, you know, who went through the whole hazing rituals and it's just, it's just so intense. It's so intense. And that's why I was, I was grateful, like just to kind of go to England. Obviously this behavior exists there too, but I feel like there's less of an extent of it. Like they just don't have that same kind of system that America does. And then just, you know, and then like coming back here, it's like, okay, like, yeah, why does this exist and how do we eradicate it? I guess is maybe even the better question. Like, how do we unconditioned how do we unlearn these behaviors i'm just sitting <laughs> yeah sorry so i think i like philosophical there no, um i guess because you know hey like even myself you know like um there have been times like i'm not perfect i'm not a saint you know like recently i got into a fight on twitter with one of my friends and she posted about me and someone and i got mad and i kind of clapped back and then, you know, a couple of days later, I was like, I should not have reposted that. Like, why did I do that? You know, so I'm mm-hmm. not, I am not exempt from this. You know, I feel like all of us have this deep kind of conditioning of like, you know, I don't know. And it can be just, just I don't know, it's like a competition almost. Maybe it's like a competitive edge. You know, like when they, when, you know, she posted about me and she was like, oh, I wanted to increase my engagement. I'm like, well, maybe I want to increase my engagement, you know, but that's that same catty behavior. And I did that. And then, you know. Two days later, I was like, well, I, I should have just been the bigger person and not responded. You know, and I realized that. Like, I realized that. I should not have responded to that, you know. And now me and this girl aren't talking. And it's like, okay, like, you know, it, it was, it was the whole thing was kind of dumb, honestly. And then, you know, a couple days after that, like, I posted a down photo. And guess what? That increased my engagement. You know, there are other ways to increase engagement. There are other ways to get interaction with other people, to get people to follow you, to like you. All of your stuff that are positive. Like, you don't have to resort to this kind of catty, competitive behavior that I think so much of us are victim to just through our conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't get involved with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm also uh, uh, I'm also kind of a different... I, I am a different generation. And um, I... Anyway. No, no, that's interesting. So, because I did want to hear the male perspective. I always thought, like, for men, it was more like sporting or competitive in other ways but when you said that you didn't really fall to that like can you describe that a bit more well i i will see things uh that that uh get me riled up and i will begin to get involved 
and then I'll stop myself and say, I don't need to do this. I, I don't need to come back to this and see what the other person said and defend my position and blah, blah, blah. I don't need to do it. I just can go and look at a kitten on riding on a dog's back instead. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 like, it's like I advise men who have the urge to send an unsolicited dick pic Send a picture of a kitten instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't do that stuff. And you'll, you'll have a much better morning. You'll have a much better morning if at 11, 12, 1 a.m. You're going to send an unsolicited dick pic. Send a kitten instead. You'll know what you meant. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be a hashtag. <laughs> send like, kitten. hashtag send a kitten. Like, stop the unsolicited dick pics. Like, but why do men do that, though? Like, seriously, like, to me, like, I've gotten that recently. I was like, some dude was texting me when I was sick, and they were like, how are you? I'm like, I'm sick. And they're like, would a dick pic make it better? And I'm like, no. A dick pic would not make it better. Like, a dick pic will never make it better, guys. <laughs> send, a <kitten>. <laughs> send a kitten. Send a kitten. <laughs> How hard is that? <laughs> uh, I mean, like, but I'm, I'm wondering, like, what they think it'll accomplish. Honestly, like, do they think that, like, their penis is like some kind of all-powerful thing that will, like, I know, the magic, female? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've just never really heard a woman ever tell me, like, "Oh my God, I met my soulmate and I fell in love through a dick pic." Like, I've never heard that, you know? <laughs> I've, just, I've just never heard that happening, you know? Or even, like, I had a really great date or a really great time. I've never heard, like, the story starting with, I received an unsolicited dick pic and then something good happened. Like, that, that just doesn't happen. Like, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, feel free, anyone, you know, who, who, who might think I'm wrong on that. But, yeah, I have never heard, like, a good ending story start with, I received an unsolicited dick pic. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Send a kitten. Hashtag send a kitten. <laughs> uh, before we run out of time, I want to make sure people can uh, find you and and um, also mention the book that is they can pre-order that you have an article in. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. So anyone listening could find me at submit to Goddess Lilith. Again, that is submit to Goddess Lilith, L-I-L-I-T-H. And the book I am in, you can pre-order at workinggirlspress.com. Again, that is workinggirlspress.com. Lucille, are you still promoting an OnlyFans or not right now because of your circumstances? Um, I have an OnlyFans, but I don't really use it anymore. Um, I haven't posted it on there in a very long time. Yeah, you're, he you're, uh, you're, you're heading towards some pretty good stuff. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get into the construction industry. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> so far, it's, it seems that you're that you're. It's it seems like you're doing well, uh, despite where you're living right now. You know, I'm I'm proud of the progress that you make, uh, and and the work that you do, and and uh, and and make art every damn day. And all the stuff you do, I, I really am. Yeah, your artwork is beautiful, by the way. Um, so Thank you. Actually, anyone listening, um, Lucille, if you'd like to share your Instagram, I know I've seen a lot of your beautiful work on Instagram. Um, yeah, my Instagram is um, Lucille, L-U-C-I-L-L-E-T-I, 
Amore, A-M-O-R-E. So at Lucille P. Amore. Now, I have a few questions. Um... But before I get to them, I just want to put out generally and broadly if there's anything in particular that either of you were hoping to express that you might not have gotten to at this time. I'm okay. I think the only thing that's coming for me is just a reaction to, you know, um, piggybacking off Lucia. Like, I'm like, I wish I could do... I should have, a, like, a dominatrix only fans, and I just... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not good with that stuff. Like, I need to. I need to get better at it. I've like gotten requests, and they're like, people are like, "Do you sell ball busting videos?" And I'm like, I really should do that. You know, <laughs> like that's something I should yeah. do. You know, it's like you have to see someone in person. It's pre-recorded. Someone is asking, is saying, "Hey, I'll pay you for this content." And I just like don't have it. I feel so lame, guys. I feel Only like I'm just like this dinosaur. <laughs> Only fans has made it very difficult because you have to like the other person who in the video, even if their face is not being shown, needs to be, like, have their own OnlyFans now. They have to so, have their own um, account? They can't oh, just, interesting. I didn't they know can't that. Just say, I consent? Yeah they, yeah, they have to have their own account. And so it's just made it really difficult to, like, actually use OnlyFans. And that's sort of when I stopped using it. I've heard a lot of content creators have switched to, like, loyal fans. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. See, I, I, see, I'm still not, like, I don't personally record it, but I just... Yeah, I have a lot of friends in the industry, and um, yeah, and now I'm seeing loyal fans everywhere, like, and yeah, maybe a couple other alternatives, but yeah, something I should explore, but have have not yet. Um, I, I also just feel like, I don't know, like, it's, it's so time-consuming. I think that's the main reason I haven't done it yet. Like, I feel like I want to do so many things, and it's like, I don't know, I watched Girl Boss, and I was like, I'm going to start an eBay store and sell all of my clothing and, like, post photos and write cool descriptions, and, like, none of it sold. And then I'm like, I should just maybe yeah. start doming. I don't know. Like, you know, I just, yeah, I just, I think that's like my fear with content creation is like, what if nobody buys it? Or like, but then some people are requesting it from me and they're saying they're paid. So I, I know that there must be some of it. I'm just, maybe I'm just lazy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, at some point, I don't know, like if you ever wanted to team up and like, maybe like humiliate a slave together. Cause I, I, I know, I guess they would have to have their own account too, but I do know at least one person who did some modeling with me for my dom site has an account, and they were saying that they okay. like, team up for it. So if you ever want to like team up and do some humiliating yeah, I stuff, yeah, I would be down for that. <laughs> I would film. <laughs> Y'all both trust me. I think I would hope. You know, just yeah, for anyone watching, like, um, yeah, Faceboy is amazing. Like, you know, I've known him and Lucille for years, and I just want to say you're like one of the most wonderful, like, genuinely kind people I've sort of encountered oh. in my time in New York City. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate hearing that. I really do. Sometimes it feels like the world is getting down on me, you know? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so, we'll get to some of these questions I guess we have time for. What might one expect from a session with you? Uh, someone hires you as a dom. Oh, that's me. Um, so it would just, on, like, it can depend on, it would actually depend on the session. It would depend on, generally, one of the first questions I ask is, what would you like to explore in session? And then, what days and times? Because, you know, we get so many time wasters, and it's annoying. So after years of doing this, you kind of have to just boil it down to, like, okay, what are you looking for? What are days and times? And then send a deposit. Because <laughs> so many people just kind of want to, like, chat your ear off and, like, not, not book a session. But it can be anything from... You know, just like verbal humiliation. Um, some people don't like humiliation. They just want more of like a sensual experience. So like impact play. Um, some people like rent to golden showers. I charge extra for that. 
Some people are into like brown showers. I haven't actually done that yet because like haven't been approached to it. I'm also feel like I'm worried to do brown showers because I'm worried like I couldn't do it. And then I get like performance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was booked once for a farting session. I couldn't fart. Oh, man. <laughs> and I felt, but then he did actually approach me again. So I was like, okay, like, even though I failed, I was like, I guess it was still a good experience, you know? And that, that's kind of the interesting thing, too, is I was like, I felt like such a failure. I'm like, I felt like a guy having performance anxiety. Did, like, you, did you eat yeah. fart, Did you eat a lot of fart foods the day before or the day of? Yeah, so that was the thing, too. And I explained that to him. Like, he actually paid my deposit and then the night before canceled the session. And then the, the next day he said, I changed my mind. I still want to do it. And then I said, okay, if you still want to do it, send me the rest of the money right now because, like, I don't want to have to get dressed up if you're just going to flake again. Mm -hmm. So then he did, but I didn't actually do my diet. So I had, like, a diet, which was pretty much just eating a lot of Taco Bell. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just being like, <laughs> guys, so that, that's my formula. Like, you know, just, I like those refried bean burritos. That'll <laughs> do it. That'll do it. Um, so, and I, I that would have worked, but again, like, he did cancel. So I do feel like the failing was actually on this client's fault. And if I do end up seeing him again, he did message me recently, like, I'll, you know, make sure, like, to file the diet beforehand. But, yeah, it can, it's just definitely a wide range. Like, people are into sissification, you know, like, like forced feminization. Sissies are adorable. They're so cute, They're so right? Cute. <laughs> <laughs> Sissy I, sessions are my favorite. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they're, I just, they're, they're I have fun. So cute. It's, yeah, I, I would guess it would be fun. To me, it's kind of like they're human Barbie dolls, like, <laughs> and you just like, no, it's, it's just so fun for me. It, like, brings out that, like, childlike sense of wonder, you know, because it's like, like, I have one of them, like, walk down the runway to, like, I'm a Barbie girl, you oh, know, and then nice. they're like, I hate this, but they, like, obviously loved it because they, like, were paying for it in a session, right, right. you know, yeah. and, and, and then they're just, like, twirling around and, like, you know, doing a makeovers on them. It's like, it is, like, honestly, sissy sessions are my absolute favorite. Um, doing karaoke with sissies. Is so much fun. I'll it bet. <laughs> I'll bet. If you go to submit to Goddess Lilith, you will see that there are. I I went. I did my homework. Uh, you'll see that there are categories that you can you can click off or things that you're interested in, and you can also uh, fill in uh, more specifics. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I do have a booking form um, just to try and. I thought it would help with time wasters. Half and half, they still exist, you know, but generally mm -hmm. it's like, okay, if you, I'm like, okay, if you take the time to fill out this form, maybe you won't just try to chat for me for hours and not book a session. I don't know. But it does have categories like what are you looking to explore? What's your BDSM experience? What are your hard and soft limits is very important. Yeah. Um, so something I always go through with new clients is do you have any trauma, any triggers or any illnesses I should know about? Um, I also use a code system like red, yellow, green, mm -hmm. right to stop, um, you know, yellow, slow down, green, keep going. I know we went over this a little bit before when I was last on the show, mm -hmm. but just to really sort of like, you know, even though it's like, okay, like they're paying for you to be in control, like obviously it is still their session, their experience, you know, and I always want to make sure with my clients that they have the best experience they can. Following the principles of safe, sane, and consensual and uh, the importance of clear communication and boundaries. Exactly, yeah, and that was also something I, yeah, just I really, really want to talk about was... Having clear communication, having boundaries, um, and if at any point, like, they feel unsure, then just use a safe word. Just say red, you know, just at any point. And then, like, the scenario will instantly stop, and, like, I'll check in, like, are you okay? You know, is there something I can do or do different? Because um, also a lot of clients, like, sometimes, like, you know, they might think they want something, but then they're like, 
ah, or it's just like, it just gets to be too much. You know, mm-hmm. like, even if it's like an impact play session, for example, like, mm-hmm. it can just get to be too much. I was going to ask, um, but I think you already answered it. I was going to ask if you had your own dungeon space or if you, you were, but you, uh, you rent out or how does I that do. Work? Yeah, I rent out. So they're like, it's actually, this is actually a good thing to bring up. It's really sad, but one of, um, there were three spaces that I sort of utilized and one of them shut down recently and just really sad. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful space. Um, and I was started doming there when a different space I used actually temporarily closed and they reopened in a different location uh, for safety reasons. Obviously, I will not say the location, right. but um, as of now, I think there are only really like two spaces I know of in New York that are operating. I'm sure there are more than that, actually. No, there are at least three, probably more than three or four spaces. I'm just saying ones I personally utilize are about two of them. And I prefer just sticking with this one location because I have, you know, like I just know it safer. It's closer. But it's really, really sad how these spaces are being forced to shut down and that this really beautiful space forced, in Brooklyn. Forced to shut down. Yeah. So what happened with um, the first space that reopened to a different location was they were being they were actually in court because like the, ten- the landlord raised the rent illegally. And they actually ended up winning the court case, but their lease was up. So they still had to move out. But they were in court. Like they just wanted them out of there, honestly. And... You know, a lot of people, like, just they have so many, like, misconceptions over what it is that we do. Mm-hmm. And as dominatrixes, like, um, like for the spaces I rezzed out, there are very clear rules and boundaries of, like, what you're not allowed to do as well. So we always stay on that green side of the law, um, which is, I guess, to defend some of the people who are worried about, to play devil's advocate here, who are worried about the implying full service, that, that, that could be one of their concerns. Like, okay, will this get us in trouble obviously, for their risk profile, right? So I, I can understand that. I feel like with the like, art nude photos and stuff, I still think that that's not really required, but to take, like, that position of them, like, what could be going through their minds is like, oh, this is increasing my risk profile. So... Yeah. There is a... So, yeah. So, you know, it's... Obviously, like, there are a lot of shades of gray that go on for the dungeons. The one I work at, like, obviously, like, full service is off the table. Like, you know, they can't... Like, you know, if you're doing like a face sitting session, like you have you have to be fully clothed, things like that, you know, so just to make sure the stuff that we do is all on that green side of the law, you know, so the cops don't bother us. So the cops don't like come in and try to shut us down, which has happened to a lot yeah. of spaces. Calvin uh, texted in uh, listening to this episode has been a reminder of how little I know about things. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Calvin. <laughs> Hi, Calvin. Hey, so... um. I wanted to take us out with uh, with um, Cardi B and Megan The Stallion, "Wet Ass Pussy." I think it's a empowering song <laughs> for us to end with. So that's a three minute song, which means we've got about a minute to wrap things up. And uh, boy, there's a lot that we didn't get to. I hope we can have you on again sometime soon. I would absolutely love that, and I just want to say thank you both so much again for having me on the show. Um, it's such a joy, such a thrill to be here. It is great to have you. Every single time. It's great to have you. We love having you. Uh, Lucille, thank you so much for the effort that you made to get here and for the generosity of your time for getting on the phone and and being with us for this. Goddess Lilith, always a pleasure. I was going to ask where you get these wonderful outfits. I was going to (laughs) ask a bunch of other stuff, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to it next time. 
I want to thank our listeners so much. I'm so happy to have seen that we were number three on the leaderboards for talk shows. So folks that tune in and listen to us, we, we thank you for that. We will be back uh, here next week, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is Cardi B and Megan The Stallion, Wet Ass Pussy. Hoes in this house, there's some hoes in this house, there's some hoes in this house, there's some hoes in this house. I said certified free, seven days a week, wet ass pussy, make that pull out game weak. Charge extra large and extra hard. Put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top. I wanna ride. I do a giggle. What is inside? Spit in my mouth. Look in my eyes. This pussy is wet. Come take a dive. Tie me up like I'm surprised. That's role play. I wear disguise. I want you to park that big Mac truck right in this little garage. Make it cream. Make me scream. I don't public. Make the scene. I don't cook. I don't clean, but let Aye. me tell you, I got Aye. this ring. Gobble me, swallow me, drip down inside of me. Quit yeah. jump out for you, let it get inside of me. I tell yeah. them where to put it, never tell them where I'm about to be. I run down on them before I have a nigga running me. Talk your shit, bite your lip. Yeah. Ask for a call while you ride that dick. Why you really ain't never dick. got him fucking for a thing. He already made his mind up for he came. Now get Aye. your boots, hang your coat, fuck this wet ass pussy. He bought a phone just for pictures of this wet ass pussy. Pay my tuition just to kiss me on this wet ass pussy. Now make it rain if you wanna see. Some wet ass pussy. Look, I need a hard hit, I need a deep stroke, I need a handy drink, I need a weed smoke, not a garden snake, I need a king cobra with a hook in it, hope it lean over. He got some money, then that's where I'm headed. Pussy A1, just like his credit. He got a beard, well, I'm trying to wet it. I let him taste it, now he diabetic. I don't wanna spit, I wanna go, I wanna gag, I wanna choke. I want you to touch that little dangly thing that's swinging the back of my throat. My hacking is fire, Bunani Dasani is going and drying, it's coming outside, yeah. I run on that thing, now the cause is behind me, I spit on his mic and I heat trying to your honor, I'm a freak bitch, handcuffs, leashes Switch my wig, make him feel like he cheating Put him on his knees, give him something to believe in Never lost a fight, but I'm looking for a beat In the food chain, I'm the one that eat ya If he ate my ass, he's a bottom feeder Big D stand for big demeanor I can make you bust before I ever meet ya If it don't hang, then he can't bang You can't hurt my feelings, but I like pain If he fuck me and ask who's is it When I ride the dick, I'ma spell my name yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. Now from the top, make it drop. That's some wet ass pussy. Now get a bucket and a mop. That's some wet ass pussy. I'm talking wop, wop, wop. That's some wet ass pussy. Macaroni.